Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17 and meet me at verse 11. Luke chapter 17, meet me at verse 11. We're going to read through verse 19. Want to once again welcome everybody in the building today. Thank you for joining. Want to welcome everybody um, worshiping with us online. Thank you for joining and everybody that will listen to the podcast or watch the replay later. Thank you so much for joining. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11 says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? In verse 19, he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. This week is Holy Week. This is the week where Jesus, today's the day, Palm Sunday, where Jesus rides into Jerusalem Uh, ultimately to sacrifice himself on our behalf. He arrives into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. On Monday is when he cleans the temple. He cleanses the temple, drives all the merchants and money changers and evil people that were in the temple. He drives them out. On Tuesday, he speaks in the Mount of Olives. On Wednesday, Judas betrays him or plans, plots, to betray him. On Thursday is the Last Supper, where he spends the last meal with his disciples. On Friday is Good Friday. We're going to have a service this Friday, 7 p.m., Good Friday, where Jesus is, dies and is buried. On Saturday, I believe, some people have contention with this, but I believe because he was made sin, he went to hell. I believe because he took our place in every area of our life, he went to hell, stripped the devil of the keys and the kingdoms, came up victorious, took all of the saints that weren't supposed to be down there, like Moses and Joshua and David and all of them, brought them back up with them, praise God, and he defeated death, hell, and the grave so you and I don't have to go there. Hallelujah. He went there for us, and then Sunday we know The resurrection, glory be to God. We celebrate the resurrection next Sunday. And in anticipation of this holy week, I've been reminded of some things that I'm going to share with you today. And this passage of scripture is one of my favorite passages of scripture. I love the story of the 10 lepers. These 10 men had leprosy. Leprosy was a disease that was tearing your body down. People could lose fingers, they could lose an ear. You didn't feel pain anymore, so you could hit your hand on this table and your whole finger would fall off and you didn't even know it because you're so weak and you no longer feel pain. Back in that day, people felt like that leprosy was a punishment from God. 
that if you had leprosy, you did something wrong and God was punishing you with leprosy. They felt like it was very contagious as well. That if you had leprosy and you sneezed or you coughed uh, or you or you touched someone, that you would also get leprosy. And so that's why lepers always stood afar off. Lepers were not welcome into the camp. If you, imagine you had family members that had leprosy. You could never really go see them, hug them, embrace them because it was believed that you could get leprosy as well. I want you to know, thank God that we live in the 21st century and we have medicine now, but leprosy is still around. Leprosy is still around in poverty countries. It is still around and it is a, a wicked disease, a terrible disease. It's a disease where you begin to lose the function of your body and you begin to no longer have pain and you lost some members of your body. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon to see someone that didn't have a nose or maybe didn't have an eye or ear. I mean, that wasn't uncommon if you had leprosy. And so these 10 men, they have leprosy and they see Jesus and they shout, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about mercy here in this house, and we described how mercy is not getting what you deserve, but it's also grace, it's also favor, and it's especially kindness. When you exercise mercy, you are exercising kindness towards someone because they deserve punishment, but kindness through mercy says, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. So I don't know these 10 men. Maybe they deserve to have leprosy. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that, but they cry out for mercy. Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, I think it's interesting and ironic that these were 10 men that cried out for mercy. The reason why I think it's interesting and ironic is the number 10 is the number of testing. In scripture, numbers have meanings. And if you look at certain numbers, you can see a meaning behind the number. For example, the number three is completion. Uh, the, the number five is grace and favor. The number 10 is the number of testing. And if we look throughout scripture, I mean, how many plagues were there in Egypt? There were 10 plagues. Uh, if we look at um, the commandments, how many commandments are there? Ten commandments. How many days of testing in Daniel chapter one did Daniel have? Ten. Ten days of testing. How many virgins were there in Matthew chapter 25? Ten. This is all testing. How many days before Jesus, he resurrected, he walked the earth for 40 days, then he left and he came back. How many days was that? It was ten days. How many disciples are there? Ten. No. Twelve. I got y'all on that one. I knew I set you up for that. Twelve disciples. No. But ten is the number of testing. Matter of fact, the word tithe is the word 10. Tithe means 10th. And it shows in the tithe that God is testing you and you are testing him. He says, test me with the tithe. It is the number of testing. And so these 10 men shout, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus shouts, go show yourself to the priest. He says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, what's interesting is if you had leprosy, you can't go and show yourself 
to anybody. You have to stay in the camp. And if you read Leviticus 14, the priest had to come out and then examine you. And once they examine you, there were days that you had to stay put until they showed that you no longer have leprosy, right? But Jesus tells them, you go show yourself to the priest. Now, these 10 lepers, we don't hear any pushback. We don't hear any, well, Jesus, I can't go do this. Well, Jesus, I don't have the power to go. I don't have the energy to go. I don't have the means to go. No, they just simply obeyed. How awesome would it be if Jesus just said something to us and we just did it? We would just obey instead of rationalizing it or trying to talk ourselves out of it or trying to find out why we can't do it. What if we just obey Jesus? Well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if we just obey Jesus. These 10 lepers begin to walk and show themselves to the priests. And as they went, Scripture says, as they went, they were healed. So as they begin to obey Jesus, healing begins to come in their body. As they begin to obey the word of Jesus, they begin to get stronger and stronger. This healing was a process. Sometimes healing is a process. Healing is not always instantaneous or it is not always happens all of a sudden. I like when healing happens all of a sudden. I like when it's instantaneous, but it's not always instantaneous. It is, a, it is a process. Sometimes when someone breaks your heart and you must forgive them, and you notice I use the word must, you must forgive them. Sometimes the feelings that are attached to the, uh, the, the attack <laughs> take a while to go away. Now, forgiveness is a quality decision. You say, I forgive, it's a quality decision, and you let it go, but the feelings sometimes take time. Sometimes it's a process to have your heart mended back once it's broken. Sometimes it's a, it's a process. Don't get bent out of shape. It's a process, and healing can be a process. And as they went... They were healed. Somebody say, as they went, they were healed. 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 As you are obeying God, I believe whatever it is you're lacking in your body, in your finances, in your relationships, in your mental capacity, as you are obeying God, you are being healed as you are obeying God. Glory to God. Somebody shout, I'm healed. Notice you are not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed resisting sickness. Glory to God. Shout, I'm healed. You are not the broke, busted, and disgusted trying to get prosperity. You are the prosperous and you are resisting broke, busted, and disgustedness. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, I'm rich. Say, I'm prosperous. I'm healthy. As you go. You're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And these 10 lepers, they're going and they're getting stronger and stronger. And they were cleansed as they went. And one of them noticed. One of them said, wait a minute, I'm healed. Now, I love this because he didn't notice he was healed. 
until he stopped to check his body. A lot of times you and I are believing God for some things and you're going and you're blowing and you're going and you're blowing. And you don't even realize you are walking in what you have already prayed for right now. I was thinking about this because I want, I, you know, we're, I'm believing God for this and I'm believing God for that. And I think, man, I'm walking in some things that I only imagined years ago. I'll let y'all know this. I was in my 20s and I knew the Lord had called me the pastor. I had no idea how I was going to pastor. And I used to wake up at 5.30 and walk around my neighborhood, 5.30 in the morning as a young man, literally praying for you. I didn't see your face, didn't know who you were, but one day I was going to be a pastor. And I began to pray and I would do that. I did that for like three to six months. I just prayed for you. One day people are going to see me as their pastor. One day I'm going to be able to be a, a guide and a help and a leader in the community and help people receive and experience the life that God intended for them to have. And here I am now pastoring in this capacity and I forget that this is an answer of a prayer I prayed years ago because I'm thinking so much about down the road. Well, I hadn't gotten that yet. I hadn't received that yet. I hadn't fulfilled that yet. And I forget, but look what the Lord has done now. Look where I am right now. Look how God has answered my prayers thus far. If he can get me this far, he can get me all the way. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And so don't forget where you are in pursuit of where you're going. Let me say it again. Don't forget. Remember where you are in pursuit of where you're headed and begin to thank God where you are. Well, this man, he realized that I'm healed. As they went, one man stops and he says, I am healed. So then he turns around. And he goes back to Jesus. The scripture says he returned. I like that word. He returned. And he approaches Jesus and he begins to say thank you to Jesus. He begins to give him thanks. He begins to express appreciation. He begins to communicate his thanks unto Jesus. He says thank you. And then Jesus says something that I think is so profound. Jesus says, were there not 10 of you? Where are the other nine? Now, I think this is amazing because when you realize that this man was a Samaritan, so this is a guy that didn't earn it, can't deserve it, can't work hard for it. He was not even in the lineage of the Jews who Jesus came for, by the way. And this man received mercy from the Lord Jesus Christ. Didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. He received mercy. He came back and he said, Jesus, thank you. And Jesus says, were there not 10? And then he, and then he noticed and announced, where are the other nine? I thought, I thought this was profound, that not only did he recognize one man came back to give thanks, but he opened up his mouth and said, nine of you were unthankful. And truth be told, 
one thing in raising kids, I have four kids, uh, one's in college, we're very, very pleased and proud of her. We're proud and pleased of all of our kids. But as we're raising kids, understand that you are building your children. Okay, they don't come ready. You know, you build them into the man or woman that, that they need to be. They don't come prepackaged, you know, ready. No, you build it. And when you are building it, it's going to uh, be some times where you're going to have to put your foot down. It's going to be some times where you're going to have to, uh, I believe in spanking, okay? I've tapped that bottom really good. I don't care what you believe. This is what I believe, and it's working for us, okay? Uh, I, I, are there going to be some times where you're going, to say, you're going to have to say no? I know some parents don't like to say no to their kids, but say, say no. There are going to be some times that you're going to have to build them into who they need to be. They don't come prepackaged. They're going to have to be built. And one of the things I've noticed about my children is they don't say thank you much and they don't say I'm sorry much. So they'll be playing with each other. One of them hit the other one in the nose on accident. Then one of them start crying and they look at them like, why are they crying? Well, you hit them in the nose. Well, I didn't mean to hit them in the nose. No, you say I'm sorry. And as soon as they turn to the one and say, I'm sorry, they stop crying and say, that's okay. But they have to be taught to say, I'm sorry. They have to be trained to say, I apologize. They have to be trained to communicate out of their mouth and demonstrate that they're sorry. Likewise, when you want to teach them to be thankful, they have to be trained to be taught to be thankful. They are not just thankful. They actually feel like you, you owe them. They, we have to teach them, especially around dinner time. They come, and the first thing they used to say, because we're driving it out of them, first thing they used to say was, I don't like this. That's the first thing. And then my wife gets all over it. I don't like this. You better say thank you. You say thank you right now. Matter of fact, go sit in time out because you didn't say thank you for it. Now that we have to drive it out of them. Whether you like it or not, you say thank you. Are you listening to me? You don't complain when someone gives you something. There have been times, full disclosure, people have given me stuff. One time someone gave me some cookies and, I, and they had a bunch of cats and I saw the cat hair in the cookies. I said thank you and threw them straight in the trash when I got home. I didn't say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I said, thank you. And I threw him in the trash. So he said, you don't feel bad about that? I don't feel bad about that at all. <laughs> what am I going to do with those cookies? I'm not going to eat them. I threw them that. <clears throat> thank you. Just say thank you. Let me hear you. Let me hear you say thank you. Thank you. Like that's, that's, those two words are so hard to say. And if you don't train your children to say thank you, they're going to one day be an adult. And they're going to be unthankful. And I believe this percentage, one out of 10 came back to say thank you, 10%. Nine out of 10 didn't. I believe that's the world we live in today. Nine out of 10 people are unthankful. Nine out of 10 people are complaining. Nine out of 10 people are ungrateful. Nine out of 10 people cannot say thank you. And thank you is some of the most powerful words that we have. Thank you. Especially if somebody lets you in line, you know, and you're in the car and, and they let you in. Or let me, back, let me say it this way. You let them in. 
All right. So in the corner, you let them in and they don't turn around and wave. I get all mad about that. Like, wait a minute. Stick your hand out the window, wave, do something, say thank you. I said, I ain't letting them in no more. <laughs> Since they won't say thank you. And so as we are building our children, that's one of the things we're building them to say, I'm sorry. If someone looks like they're hurt, you say, I apologize. I've hurt you. We're also building them to say thank you. And as we're building them to say thank you, understand that silent Thanksgiving is no Thanksgiving. Silent Thanksgiving is no thing. It's not good enough just to feel thankful. You're going to have to express, demonstrate, and show appreciation. You're going to have to say thank you. You're going to have to go out of your way and say thank you. You may have to even go and write a card and say thank you. You're going to have to communicate Thanksgiving. Maybe it's a text. Thank you. Because you must be someone that is grateful and thankful for what God has done in your life. And as we approach this Resurrection Sunday, this particular week is a week that I reflect about how thankful I am for what Jesus has done for me. I go back and I reread the passages. I go back and I, I, I just... I dive into the content of what the Lord has done for us because he loved me so much. And I was dead in my sin on the way straight to hell as fast as I could get. But God, through his grace, showed me Jesus and Jesus was revealed and I understood his work and his finished work. And because he extended the grace towards me, I received it by faith and my life was changed and transformed and I was never the same again. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, I, I'm just this week been so thankful and we started Several years ago, I think it was around 2015 or so, we started something on Resurrection Sunday that we called Resurrection Sunday Thank Offering. It's an offering that we bring to the Lord and we sacrifice with this offering. It typically is our biggest offering of the year where we bring, we challenge ourselves and we take a peek back at what the Lord has done for us over the last year. And we look and we say, Lord, I just want to communicate thanksgiving unto you. I want to say thank you. I'm not looking for you to do something for me because you've already done something for me. I'm not looking for you to get, I'm not looking to get something from you because you've always been good to me. I'm just simply bringing my best gift on Resurrection Sunday simply to say thank you. And this man returned to Jesus and he said thank you. And I love the part. There's a part where he says he returned, scripture tells us he returned to give thanks, and then it says, and to give glory. And that term, give glory, stood out to me. He returned to give thanks and to give glory. Well, in Habakkuk, no, no, not Habakkuk, Haggai chapter 2 and verse 7 and 8, I know we're having some technical difficulties here, but I'll quote it to you. Haggai 2, verse 7 and 8, God is talking about the temple. And in the temple, he says, I'm going to fill this temple with glory. That's what he says. And then in verse 7, he says, the silver is mine, 
and the gold is mine. So he's talking about silver and gold, money. I'm going to fill this temple with glory. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. And then he says in the very next verse, and the glory of the Lord in this latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. Is it possible that when it says give glory, that this leper who was, who had leprosy, now he's cleansed of it. Is it possible that he returned to say thank you with his mouth and to give glory with his money? Let me show something else to you. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 29, 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 29, let's see here. It says, give to the Lord, watch this, the glory do his name, bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. It's interesting. It says, give to the Lord the glory do his name. Give glory to the Lord. What do you do? Bring an offering. Is it possible this leper returned? Not just saying thank you with his lips, but he brought an offering. Let me tell you why it's possible. Because if you read Leviticus 14, and in order for a leper to get back into the camp, the priest would go examine him. Once the priest has examined him, he then begins to cut his hair off and, and, and clean his body up. And then the leper who wants that leprosy brought an offering to the priest. And the offering to the priest was an offering that said, thank you for allowing me to come back into the camp. Giving glory can also be synonymous with giving an offering. I believe this leper knew the protocol of going to show himself to the priest, and he realized the priest is Jesus. Jesus is the high priest. And so he returned to the high priest, Jesus. He said, thank you with his words, and then he brought his offering to the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave glory unto God. There was, uh, years ago, this, um, I don't know why I'm telling this story, but there was a, a time we were all, we were, we were going to bless this particular person. And we we're all going to bless. And I said to everybody, I said, we're going to bless them. And I said, don't come with no empty card. Put some money in the card, praise God. Bless them. Let's give something to them. Let's show them. Don't just say, here's a card. No, no, no. Put some money in it. Say, we bless you. We give this to you. We, we, we communicate to you that you mean a lot to us. And we bless you with it. I believe this leper returned and he brought an offering. And he gave glory to God with his offering. And I love what Jesus says to him. He says, now you have been made whole. Now, the other lepers were cleansed. That means they no longer had leprosy, and they also had a missing ear. They also had a missed fingers. They also had a missing, you know, eye, whatever the case may be. They were cleansed, but they didn't have their body parts back. When this man returned to give thanks and to give glory, Jesus said to him, now you, you are made whole. 
I believe that man's body parts grew out right at that moment. If he didn't have a pinky, I believe he received the pinky right at that moment. If he didn't have an ear, I believe he received an ear at that moment. If he had some things going on, saggy skin, I believe that the skin got, got, got tight back up on him. Praise God. And he didn't look saggy no more. I believe that he received his wholeness right at that moment simply because of thanksgiving. Simply because of recognizing what Jesus has done for me and I'm coming to express, demonstrate and show appreciation and I'm coming with an offering that there is wholeness available. So this man received more than the other nine got. The other nine were healed. Thank God for the healing. This man was made whole. There's more for the thankful. Say that. There's more for the thankful. Say it again. There's more for the thankful. One more time. Like you mean it. There's more for the thankful. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, the apostle Paul says, give thanks unto the Lord for this is the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is Paul telling us? If we express and demonstrate and show thanksgiving, and appreciation to the Lord, we can cause victory to take place in our life. Victory to take place. One particular time I had, I tell this story a lot, it's one of my favorite stories, but I had mallet finger, and I had this, this, this finger, it was this finger right here. Mallet finger, and basically the tendon is not, con it got disconnected from the bone. So I couldn't, I couldn't do this, couldn't do that before. And so the finger would just kind of lay like this. And I used to complain about this finger. Now, I'm not flicking y'all off. This is just a, that, that was a finger. That's why I'm trying to hold them both up there, okay? And so the, the finger would just kind of lay. I couldn't really move it. It was stuck, and I used to complain about it. Oh, oh look at that finger. It's so ugly. Oh, look how terrible that finger is. And I just complained, complained, complained. And the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord said, what's wrong with the other nine fingers. I said, well, nothing. He said, why don't you become thankful for the other nine and stop complaining about the one? So I started being thankful. Thank God I got nine fingers that work. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I got nine fingers that work. Hallelujah. Thank God for nine fingers that work. God healed this finger. That, that tendon reconnected to the bone, and God healed it. Now I can do this because I became thankful for the other nine. Hallelujah. What is going on in your life that you're just not thankful for, that if you become thankful for it, God will then begin to increase it in other areas of your life. There's more for the thankful. There's victory for the thankful. I tell this story a lot, and I wrote it in my, in my book, but I, I, this story impacted me. I was in high school. And there was a guy, I can't even remember his name, but I remember the story. The guy had this old beat-up car. I'm talking about it was raggedy LaToya. It was bad. It was beat-up, raggedy, bad. I wish I could remember his name. And he drove it, and we used to make fun of him. Wow, look at him, that raggedy car. Oh, that car's so terrible, raggedy. Norris, that was his name. Thank God, Norris was his name. Look at, look at Norris in that raggedy car. Oh, that car's so terrible. And I, I remember one time I had to... 
audacity to walk up to him like, Norris, that car you driving is terrible. And Norris looked at me. He said, a slow ride is better than a fast walk. <laughs> and guess what? I had no ride. <laughs> and I got the nerve to be complaining about his ride. And that statement has stuck with me to this day. A slow ride is better than a fast walk. So that impacted me. He said, I'm thankful for this, this ugly beat up ride. I'm thankful for it because I don't have to walk. Hallelujah. That changed me because my first car was a Ford Pinto. Y'all know what I'm talking about, them Ford Pintos. And that, that thing didn't have no hydraulics, and it used to bounce around like this all the time. It was ragged, and people used to make fun of my raggedy car, and I would tell them, a slow ride is better than a fast walk. And I drove that car around, and then God has promoted me, hallelujah, to now drive better cars than that, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. When you become thankful for the insufficiency, God will increase it. Jesus took, what, the loaves of bread and the fishes. And he, it wasn't enough to feed the 5,000. But he didn't complain about it. He just got thankful for it. And it says he gave thanks and he blessed it. And a miracle took place. It multiplied. And it fed 5,000 men plus women and children. When you get thankful for your insufficiency, as you prepare to bring your thank offering next week, next week you're like, man, I, it's not as much as I want to bring. Be thankful that you can bring what you're bringing. You bring what the Lord tells you to bring. Don't bring what I want you to bring. Bring what the Lord tells you to bring. And you get thankful for it and say, Lord, this is what I have. To some, it might be 10,000. To another, it might be 50. I don't know where you're at. It's depending on where you're at. Bring it and be thankful to give it and say, Lord, I give it to you because I am so grateful and I am so thankful for what you've done for me. It's in the expression of thanksgiving where God causes victory to take place in our life. God will cause things to happen for you simply because you express thanksgiving. And this is where it's really, really hard. I want to move on, but I got to stay here. It's really hard because we're not used to saying thank you. We're used to you doing something for me because you're supposed to do it for me. Well, my wife better put, make my plate, put it on the table. She better do that because I, I bring home the bacon. And you're right. she put the bacon, she need to put it on my plate. No, 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 no. I've come to the place that I don't expect anything from Stacy, but I appreciate everything. Did you hear what I said? I'm not expect. Well, it's, I know she does some, my wife is a wonderful wife. She does some nice things for me. I don't expect her to do it so that when she does it, I'm automatically thankful for it. Thank you for picking out my shoes today. She'll put them aside. You know, where are these shoes today? Thank you for picking them out. Thank you. Why? Because she didn't have to do that. And we've gotten so to the point where we feel owed. And life owes you nothing. Jesus owes you nothing. Did you hear me? You are not owed well, my mom owes no. Your mom and daddy don't owe you nothing. They're supposed to get you, get you up and get you out the house. They owe you nothing. And we've gotten to this place where we feel old, owed something. And because we feel owed something, we're no longer thankful for it. 
Well, you owe, you owe me that paycheck. You owe, I worked and you owe me a raise. They don't owe you nothing. Hallelujah. Begin to thank God for the insufficient paycheck you got. I began to do this one time. They were, I was working in corporate America and they said, no raises are being given out. Well, I began, I wanted a raise. I mean, I mean, I know you want a raise too. I ain't the only one. I wanted a raise. So I said, I'm going to start. I'm going to start being thankful for my paycheck, right? Now. I said, Lord, I would get paid. See, when they hit the account, your, your, your money hit the account so fast, it's already gone. You didn't even think about being thankful that the money even hit the account. When I, when, when, when I get paid, I, I, the first thing I do is I say, thank you, Lord, for a paycheck because I'm not owed anything. I'm not owed nothing. Are you listening to me? I say, thank you for the, when I see it in the direct deposit, thank you, Lord, we got paid today. Thank you, Jesus. Not owed anything. And, and when it comes in, and, and I begin to thank God, this paycheck is not where I, where I need to be, but I'm going to thank you for it. I'm going to give you praise for this paycheck. I'm going to worship you for this paycheck and be very, very thankful for it. because It's not where it, where it should be, but, but I'm going to thank you for it. I was the only one in that department that got a raise. Because people would start telling me. I didn't tell them. They started telling me they didn't get no raise. Well, I did. I didn't tell them nothing. I got I went when I came out of the meeting, I got a raise, okay? They didn't. They said, yeah, this old, I ain't getting no raise, I ain't getting no raise. I was like, well, shoot, I did. Glory to God. I didn't tell them that though. Hallelujah. I believe just being thankful for what you currently have. Being thankful what may seem insufficient, be thankful for it. Because God knows how to multiply it. And when you bring whether it's the thank offer next week or you bring your thanksgiving unto God, be fully appreciative of what the Lord has done for you. Because when you are appreciative of what he's done for you, I believe that there's another level of his grace that you can access. You know, the scripture talks about great grace, more grace. There's extra levels that you can access from God. And, and, and grace is simply favor. Just simply for when you when you're thankful for what you currently have, God will activate favor in your life. And people will begin to say, I want to introduce you to this person. And then you meet that person and that person has exactly what you need. And then so on and so forth. I've seen it happen before because of an attitude of thanksgiving. Somebody say, I'm thankful. See, now the difference between being grateful and being thankful is grateful is a feeling. I, you feel grateful. Thankfulness is an expression. So you can be grateful and not thankful. Did you hear that? Because you can feel appreciation, but when you express it, then it becomes thanksgiving. So we don't just want to be grateful. We want to be thankful people. We want to be people that express appreciation for what the Lord is doing for us. And this is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.